Good afternoon. My name is Jeannie Feltz. I am um, the uh, membership chair of Va TESOL, and I have with, uh, with me here uh, Renata Germino, and she is an ESOL teacher in Albemarle County. And um, our uh, theme this month for Va TESOL is marching towards bioliteracy. And so Renata is here to talk to us uh, a little bit about some of the different things that she's done um, that relate to that theme. So my first question, Renata, is to just, can you tell us a little bit about your current position and then the different ways you've worked with English learners uh, over the years? Of course. Hi, everybody. Uh, greetings from Charlottesville, Virginia. I am the newcomer specialist in Albemarle County Schools, which means that I work with newly arrived students. And the International Rescue Committee has one of its offices here in Charlottesville. So at Albemarle High School, for example, we have students that speak over 95 languages. And I work currently with um, mainly high school students at a vocational technical school called KTech and also at Albemarle High School. And uh, what we have, have tried, uh, spent a lot of effort doing is trying to make our curriculum and our lessons and uh, everything else more student-centered. Um, we, we were very, very fortunate to get a grant through the um, SEL Innovation Fund. And I would encourage everybody to apply for one. And I would be happy to talk more with you about it. It's a grant from um, Education First, the Novo Foundation, and the Rockefeller Foundation and it's devoted to social emotional learning. And we were lucky enough to get a three-year grant for $25,000 each year to devote to family partnerships and family and student voice. And what we have used our funds for is our families have had monthly cooking and culture classes where we've had families from Afghanistan, from Syria, from Nepal, from Congo DR, from Honduras, from El Salvador, to name a few, uh, teach a cooking and a culture class to our Charlottesville Alamaro community. And the grant gives us funds to have interpreters, to obviously pay for the food, to pay for the, um, the families who teach, they get compensation. And the, the main purpose of our grant is to build community and advocacy and to have the families, particularly the adults, seen in a, in a, in a way of power. A lot of times when our, when our families come to Charlottesville from different countries, their English might not be as strong, they're not in school, they're working full-time, they're exhausted. So a lot of times they, their voice might get muffled and they have very important things to say. Mm -hmm. And through this, it's called Building Bridges Through Bread, our grant. And through this program, the families and the adults are the experts. And their, their children, the students see the adults as experts, as does everybody else in the community who, who um, gets to see their, their cooking and learn more about their culture. So what we do typically is the student or students in the family, 
they will present um, a slideshow about the country. And it varies depending on the student. It might be all devoted to soccer in Guatemala, or it might be more about dance in Uganda, or it might be, you know, it depends on the interests and, and, and what the students and families are most proud of. And then after the students present, then the family uh, cooks a meal and then we enjoy it together. And it's been really, really amazing because we've had a big cross community partnership. We've had um, school custodians come and school counselors come and the families and the friends and their teachers and maybe their librarians. And it's just, it's just given everybody a chance to talk because we are all lacking time um, in our days to, to have happy occasions. Now, now with the pandemic, mm -hmm. we have shifted our grants focus to our students are creating documentary films. And how we've managed that is we have a Lighthouse Studio, which is a nonprofit film uh, studio in Charlottesville. And Lighthouse Studio is devoted to teenagers and teenagers um, showing who they are through, through film and their voice. And so we've made three, um, the students have made three little films. Uh, Nosotros, which is about uh, the stereotypes, racism, um, the obstacles to coming to a new place and the challenges as well as the successes. And our second one is called An African Story, which features uh, uh, kids from the Congo, DR, as well as Uganda and Rwanda and Tanzania, uh, dancing and speaking about what's important to them and what it felt like when they first came to Central Virginia. Mm -hmm. And then our last one this year is called Unmasked. And that is our English learners at home filming what it's like to be in a pandemic and and they also give us their advice like what, what what can we do to get through this very difficult time so that grant has kind of morphed from cooking and culture to mm -hmm. students making um, documentary films due to um covid but what the through it all we wanted to weave in family partnerships mm -hmm. and the power and strength of our students stories Nice. Um, so I have two questions that, that came up when I was thinking through this. The first is, um, how, how, do you, um, how do you encourage and um, uh, get students to, to want to do these things? Like, because they're often very shy, right? Um, at first, how, how does that collaboration happen? That takes a lot, takes a <laughs> lot of cajoling at your right, especially with teenagers, mm -hmm. I think. Well, what we do first is we show the first documentary that we've made. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Lighthouse Studio, they're so talented at working with teenagers mm -hmm. that they also help. And we, and we, our whole time is, you know, you guys have so many important things to say. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to hear what you say. You make our whole city so much more vibrant and interesting. And lots of people don't know about Honduras and lots of people don't know about Nepal and we want to learn more about it. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's a process. And when you, when I'd be happy to share the, the films with you guys, uh, 
when you see unmasked, you'll think, oh my gosh, you know, that was per not perfect, but what a great group. It looked so smooth and easy. We had really, we struggled through some of it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes kids wouldn't film anything at home or sometimes, you know, they'd film something that we would have to edit out. And, um, but it was so important for, for them when, when we were finished with it. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. You just celebrate the things when, when you're finished. And I think during it, when you do have a hard time with students or they're, they're grumpy or they're not wanting to, to, to participate, you just acknowledge it the next day and say, listen, yesterday really was not one of the best. So today is a new day. We're all going to turn our cameras on, you know, if, if possible, and we're going to start over. And, and just admit that whatever happened wasn't that great. But I, I mean, the, the best thing to me about teaching and working with, with students is collaborating and partnering with other people, either in the community or in other schools or in other divisions, um, other organizations, because that's what makes things more meaningful and interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And that's where I get a lot of my ideas. I mean, I've gotten a lot of little grants and for that, for advice for that, I would just say, keep applying. Mm -hmm. I've also gotten rejected from grants and then I get mad for like two days and say, I'm not gonna do it anymore. It's a lot of work and why did I do that? Mm -hmm. And that was such a great idea. And then after you get mad, you can kind of get over yourself and then apply again. And mm -hmm. also some of the grants, one of my the favorite grants I've ever gotten is through uh, the State Department. It's called Teachers for Global Classrooms. And it's a year-long grant where you get to do, you take a class and it's, it's on, it's on, it's devoted to helping our students become more globally competent and more aware of the world, have more different perspectives, learn about other people. And it, it's got different components. You take a class and then you go to DC for a global uh, meeting with the other people who've gotten the grant. And then you have a three-week international fellowship where you get to travel with through the State Department and it's all paid for and you go to schools and you teach. And then after that, um, you get you are in this amazing network of people that will just kind of on accident tell you, oh, guess what? I just got a National Geographic grant. And I'll say, what is that? And they'll say, oh, that's a Grabsner Teacher Fellow grant, or you can go. So there's lots and lots of grants. Um, you just need to learn about it and realize that the people who get the grants are just like you. I mean, sometimes it's easy to think, oh my gosh, you know, all these people applied and they only accept 200 or whatever, but they're no different than you are. And, and you, you just have to be persistent, maybe even take a day off and just write it and then turn it in and it, and it kind of gets easier. Um, but that, that's where I've gotten a lot of my energy for teaching is through getting different kinds of grants. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about, so you talked about both of the projects and I got to come to one of the, um, one of the meals a couple of years ago. And can you talk a little bit about how either that one or the videos, how do you get, how do you share that, um, the in project with the community? Um, yeah. I, and I'm thinking about this bit because we're, we talked a lot in Vatisil about this idea of marching towards biliteracy and really doing more than hanging up a picture that says welcome in five different languages, right? Really celebrating these, these, um, these students and their families and allowing the community to see like what an asset they are. 
So yeah, that's complicated, isn't it? And the 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 complicated part of the cooking classes is, uh, like for example, the the Jordanian class, they wanted just about twenty people, and they the, to add a, you have to respect whoever's teaching the class. Mm-hmm. And though we would like to cram in like you know two hundred people and put screens so people can see it from far away. That wasn't the the point of the class really. That mm-hmm. how we spread the word more than because they wanted more intimate classes. They're not teachers, mm-hmm. you know. They some people have only been in the country a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did is we made a cookbook, and the cookbook had all the recipes of all of the people who taught the classes. I think it was like twenty three classes. Mm-hmm. And the recipes were how they wrote them. Mm-hmm. So for example, you need cilantro, that one, um, our Nepali teacher said, you need cilantro. And we said, okay, how much? Because somebody was writing down the recipes. And she said, as much as two fists can hold. <laughs> and so that's what we put in there. Mm-hmm. Cilantro, as much as two fists can hold. And so through the cookbook, um, and then we gave it to all of the schools, the cookbook. We also put it in the county office building. Um, through the cookbook, we added pictures of the classes when it was appropriate. Some mm-hmm. people also didn't want their pictures taken. Mm-hmm. Um, we, did have chan- we did have news come to one of the classes, but you know, they were okay with the news coming. It, it's just, it's very, you have to be very respectful of what the family likes and wants. So for our movies, our student documentaries, we are working on that. And we don't think enough people have heard what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And what we're hoping to do is a little, is a film festival where they present their student films. And then we have a panel discussion with interpreters uh, talking about their films because they're, they're, they have amazing things. And some of the people who've, who've been to our, to the classes also, They've written us incredible statements. For example, um, one school employee who came to our Af- one of our Afghani- Afghan classes said, um, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I've never met a Muslim before. Mm-hmm. And I thought different things about Muslims before I went to this class. Mm-hmm. And now I see that everybody cares about their family, loves food, likes music. And that was, that's the kind of thing that makes it really rewarding. Um, seeing how you can, you can change perspectives and widen our community. Because if people don't have a chance to travel or people don't have a chance to be in a situation where they're the other or they're the only one, you know, it, it, it's hard to, um, it's harder to have empathy and understand people, I think, if you haven't been in the situation where you're somewhere where you don't understand a thing that's going on or that you don't have everybody around you that you're used to being around. So um, that, that's what we're, we're trying to do. And, and our students, yes, they, they can be shy and they can also be grumpy. And, you know, sometimes like in one class, one stu- student just said, oh, I'm not going to present that. You know, and we, had, <laughs> we had all these kids, all, the, all these people, and I was so tired. And he said, oh, no, no, I'm not going to present about, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm, I didn't know all these people are going to be here. 
And so he just went out, went to the bathroom, came back and his mom said, oh, he always does that. He'll do it. And he did it. Um, but, you know, he presented his part about his country um, teaching because we try to do, you know, not just food, which is obviously important, but more deep, what's important to them but beyond surface culture, mm-hmm. like religion, what's important to them about their family if they choose to, how was their trip here? How did they get here? What do they miss? Because, you know, when you're leaving your country, it's not just push or pull factor. It's such a complicated combination and, and many of our students didn't want to leave their countries you know they they miss their countries they miss their families they miss so um that it's kind of it's a lot deeper culture when you're talking about people's values and beliefs and and, and what's most important to them so i guess what i'm trying to say is it's more than just like food mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I have one more question about the grants before we finish up. So you talked a little bit about the different ones um, that you've that you've applied for and and just you know to apply. Can you? I know when I open up a grant, you know it might have be like ten pages long and and all these different questions and information you need. Do you have a strategy for like what do you tackle first? Do you think of like the title or do you try to write the sum? You know like how. How do you jump in? Because I think that might be the most overwhelming part, right? Is seeing the application and feeling stuck. Um, I guess what I do first is find problems I want to solve. Mm-hmm. That's what I do first. Uh-huh. Like, for example, after I did the the Teachers for Global Classrooms Fulbright grant, mm-hmm. um, that you have a lot of options when doors open for you because they say oh since you got this grant you can also apply for this grant Mm -hmm. and so i'm always thinking about problems that i can solve or that i want to solve and one of them was that when we had the spanish for educators classes because a lot of our 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 school employees haven't learned Spanish or don't have a chance to learn it so one of the little grants i did was spanish for educators where we had educators come in and take a Spanish class. It was designed just for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, so first I think of something that I wanna solve or something that would make our community stronger and better and and have people see different perspectives. And then after that, I I kind of weave it into that grant. Um, We're writing one right now. And um, yeah, I think first you have to really, really want to, uh, you have to feel passionate about whatever you're, you're writing your grant about. And then after that, um, just read the questions a bunch of times and then read who is it targeted to. A lot of times ESOL English learners are, are, are one of the groups that, that the grant writers are interested in, refugees, immigrants. Um, and then after that, I just, I don't, it takes a long time and you have to, and also another thing is to have a couple people to do it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a couple people to do it with you and then you write part of it and then I write part of it and then you look at it all together, but actually tomorrow I'm doing, I'm trying to write a grant and who knows if I get it or not. I'm not sure. I don't have, I've had a very strong feeling before that I would, we would get a grant and we had, we didn't get it. So I, ha- I have to be a little bit more wary, mm-hmm. um, but I'm happy, happy, happy to talk to anybody about um, the SEL grant and, and it's through, it's now called, it's changed its name. It's called um, 
Social and Emotional Learning Innovation Fund. And it's through Education First, Novo Foundation, and Rockefeller Advisors. And then the other one that's really, really great are the um, Fulbright grants. And they have lots of different ones. You could go, they have ones where you could travel for a year, for two months, where it's, they have lots and lots of different grants. And, it, and with the pandemic now, of course, things are up in the air about who's going to travel where and when, but um, the, the grants are still open. And who knows, maybe less people are applying, you know, because they think they're not going to happen. Um, but anyway, the, the, most, the most important thing is to keep trying and just talk to other people. There's some Facebook pages, too, that are groups that are devoted to, to grants. Okay. Um, all right, well, thank you so much. Um, and thank you for all of the work that you do with your students. And I definitely will um, check in with you later about if there's some of the videos, if we could, um, uh, if there's a way for more um, ESL teachers to see them, I'm sure they would love that. And you can use them, you know, in curriculum, you can use them. And another thing I wanted to add is that in our grant, we also made a book of stories where students told their stories and we had the photography students take pictures of the students mm -hmm. so that the, the ESOL, the English learners would meet new friends who were in the photography class. They wouldn't necessarily know them. And they took pictures and then the students told their stories and it's a whole collection of stories. And we, that's, that's, a, that's a book in addition to our cookbook. Mm -hmm. And we, we um, put the book everywhere too. And we're using their stories to teach English to teach nonfiction text structures. So for example, compare, contrast, sequence, cause and effect. We're using their stories to teach. So the, the students are way more interested in it because it's, it's, it, it has to, it's relevant to them to read about other teenagers. It's much more interesting than reading about something else maybe. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much.